السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على النبي المصطفى وبعد Today we have with us Surah Al-Nasr, the Surah of Victory Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this surah إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ When the victory of Allah and the conquest or the conquering, the opening of Mecca um, happens or it comes, it arrives وَرَأَيْتَ النَّاسَ يَدْخُلُونَ فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ أَفْوَاجَ And you see people entering Islam groups upon groups upon groups فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ Glorify Allah and praise Him. Glorify Allah through His praise. وَاسْتَغْفِرْهُ And seek His forgiveness. إِنَّهُ كَانَ تَوَابًا Allah is the constantly forgiving, the constantly accepting of repentance. This surah, um, although only three ayahs, إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ وَرَأَيْتَ النَّاسَ يَدْخُلُونَ فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ أَفْوَاجًا فَزَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِكَ وَاسْتَغْفِرْهِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ تَوَابًا Although, sorry, only four ayahs, this surah has a great deal of meaning hidden inside it. The first is to look at the context of this surah. This surah contains three main things. The first is good news that the Prophet ﷺ is about to have a final victory over the Meccans who have really given him a tough time for so many years and who have blocked him and been an obstacle to him in every way, shape and form. That he is going to finally have a victory. That's the first, that's the bishara, the, the kind of the good news. The second one is there's an ishara, there's a reference, a subtle, a hidden reference that Allah leaves in between the lines. He do, Allah does not mention it clearly. Um, but we will go we will later on explore how we know that, that Allah has mentioned this reference, this, this kind of hidden point Allah is giving to the Prophet And lastly, there is an amr, there is a command, that when this happens, when your victory finally appears, then do these three things, tasbih, to say subhanallah, to glorify Allah, to free, to say that Allah is a tanzih, to, to free Allah of all deficiencies, of all flaws, and, and to, to uphold that, that purity of Allah's presence. The second is alhamd, to be grateful to Allah, to praise Him for His qualities, to thank Him regardless of whether He gave you or not. Uh, and al-istighfar, to seek Allah's forgiveness constantly. So these are the, that's the overall gist of the surah. Now what is the background of the surah? Uh, there is an, an, an amazing hadith in Sahih Bukhari in which some companions of the Prophet ﷺ, they look at this surah and they extract and they deduce from it a very amazing meaning that's not there literally, it's not there in the translation, it's not there uh, very clearly. But those who were uh, very knowledgeable about the Qur'an, they could deduce this meaning from the surah. Let's look at what it was. One day, Umar ibn Khattab anhu, one of the Prophet's close companions, whenever he would gather with other leaders and scholars, after the Prophet sallallahu um, or, or even in his presence, he would try and bring along a young boy by the name of Abdullah ibn Abbasin this, this boy was only at the age of about 11 when the Prophet sallallahu passed away. But he was not like anybody else his age. He was extremely keen to learn, extremely keen to understand deeply the Quran, the Prophet's teachings. And he would try to spend as much company as he could uh, around the Prophet So one day Umar ibn Khattab calls everyone around and he brings Abdullah. And the chiefs and the leaders around him, they think, why is Umar bringing this boy when our sons are the same age? Why, who is this child? You know, what importance could he have? So one day Umar ibn Khattab, to show the knowledge of this child, Abdullah ibn Abbas, he asks everybody in the group, can you all tell me what is the meaning of Surah Al-Nasr, Ida Jaa Anasrullahi Wal-Fatih? They said, oh, it's very simple. It has 
a good news from Allah that the Prophet Muhammad is going to win and conquer Mecca. He's going to finally come across his victory that he's been waiting for for 23 years. And the second thing is, it is an order from Allah for the Prophet wasallam to thank him, to thank Allah for this victory and to constantly seek his forgiveness. Then Umar ibn Khattab turns to Abdullah ibn Abbas, young boy. What do you understand from this surah? And Abdullah ibn Abbas says, it's not just those two things. It's not just about victory and about praising Allah, thanking him and seeking his forgiveness. There's one more important factor there between the lines. That is that the Prophet ﷺ is soon going to pass away. His life is coming to an end. Because when Allah says, when the victory of Allah comes and the conquering of Mecca, and you see people entering Islam in groups, and then the, the hidden meaning there is, know, O Muhammad, that your death is near. And that's why you should praise and thank Allah for your lifetime, for your victories, and seek his forgiveness in preparation for death. Now, that wasn't there as an ayah, but it was an understanding that, that the some companions of the Prophet ﷺ had, based on their knowledge of Arabic language, their knowledge of the Prophet ﷺ, their knowledge of the Qur'an, they deduced this meaning. And so this surah, although it's a surah of victory and a surah of the Prophet ﷺ, the end of his story, it's also a very sad surah in that sense that it indicates the ending of his life, that he's accomplished what he has accomplished. And now he has to pass the baton, pass the responsibility on to his companions and his time is nearly up. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first mentions when the victory of Allah comes and the, the conquest of Makkah. Now this conquest of Mecca, the conquering of, of Mecca is mentioned here specifically because it's such a, an important symbol in the history of Islam. For 23 years, um, Muslims suffered as, as a persecuted minority and then they had their own, their own, they had to migrate to Abyssinia, to Ethiopia, then they had to, in modern day Ethiopia, then they had to migrate again to Medina. It was a very difficult time for so many years until eventually they had the ability to remove these obstacles, the, the biggest and, and kind of the main enemy at the time, which was the people of Makkah. Um, and the Prophet wasallam, when he comes across this final victory, Allah gives him the good news, the bishara, that it's about to come. He never ever took his victory, his accomplishment, as a gold medal that he could stand and boast about and brag about. We know that wasallam, he entered Makkah Upon winning, upon the conquest, upon the conquering of Mecca, he entered on his horse with his head bowed, with humility, with humbleness. That when people would enter a gathering, they could not tell who in this gathering is Muhammad because of his humility. He would never treat himself as a king. Rather, he would treat himself as a slave of Allah. As he says in the hadith, I am just a slave. I eat like a slave on the floor with my hands. I sit like a slave as well. I am one with them. I am, I am just a, a humble slave of Allah. And so his humility, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still gives him congratulations that the, the effort of a lifetime is now, its pinnacle now is, is going to be, is, is coming soon. So he has something to look forward to. And you see, the, the result is not about the conquest. The, the real thamara, the real fruit and the result that you're looking forward to is that people are finally going to have the freedom to accept Islam. And people are going to accept Islam in groups. When that happens, when you see that victory, فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِكَ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ Frequently glorify Allah, free Him of all faults. That's called tasbih, to say subhanallah. And then بِحَمْدِكَ بِحَمْدِهِ 
to, to thank him for his favors, to praise him for his qualities, regardless of whether he gave you a favor or not. Wastaghfir and also seek his forgiveness. And because of this part of the ayah, the Prophet wasallam, toward the end of his life, and some narrations say after this surah, and, and some narrations say this is the last full surah to be revealed, Surah Al-Nasr. This is the last full surah to be revealed. It is, it is said that he only lived for 90 days afterwards or in that year. He passed away very shortly afterwards. That was the year he passed away, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam is ordered to uh, do istighfar and to say subhanallah wa bihamdi. And because of this ayah, he was frequently heard to say in his ruku' and his sujood while bowing and prostrating in salah, subhanakallahumma, subhanakallahumma, uh, bihamdika, Allahumma istighfirli, Allahumma ghfirli. Um, and the wordings of this, of this dua um, are, are vary according to different reports and different narrations. But the fact that he would repeat this, this dua with Subhanakallahumma bihamdik and Allahumma ghfirli, Oh Allah forgive me and, and praising Allah constantly in his ruku' and in his sujood, in his bowing and his prostrating in preparation for death. And the last part of this ayah the last part of this surah is to do this because indeed Allah is the most forgiving. At-Tawwab is one of Allah's names. At-Tawwab refers to Allah as he describes himself as He accepts the repentance, the sincere request for forgiveness from his slaves. But not just that. There's one more element to At-Tawwab which is that he gives them the ability and the opportunity to come back to him. He inspires them to come back to him. He doesn't just accept it when they do come. He pushes them, he encourages them to come back to him and repent to him and seek his forgiveness. Tasbih and istighfar are, are two, two forms of mentioning and remembering Allah that are very complementary. Um, Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah said, somebody asked him, is it better to seek Allah's forgiveness or to praise and thank him for his qualities and who he is and what he has given us? He said, if if you had a, a garment, a, a clothes, and that, those clothes were dirty, would you scrub it with soap or would you perfume it? Obviously, you'd scrub it with soap first. And that's why he says that his conclusion was that istighfar, to seek Allah's forgiveness, comes first before you praise Allah and you thank Him. And we need both. We need Allah to remove our past sins and we need to appreciate Allah for our blessings. In this surah, there are many benefits and many points for reflection. One of them, is the young boy Abdullah ibn Abbas and the knowledge that Allah gave him. And the fact that he saw his potential, he, didn't, he wasn't distracted by what everybody else at his age was distracted by. He pushed himself to learn and to study. And he kept himself around older company, around maturity, and which is why he, he became the scholar of the Quran, Al-Bahr. He became Al-Habr, Habrul Ummah. He became the ink of this Ummah, the, the, the sea of knowledge of this Ummah, Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah. And so that's a lesson that it's not about age, age is just a number and to push ourselves to learn and understand our deen in a deep manner is something all of us should do. A second point of reflection is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala frequently mentions to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam his blessings and gives him hope for good news. That we as Muslims, even if Islam is oppressed, even if it is looked down upon, if it is uh, you know, seen as a wayward religion, we have to believe and hope and, and know for sure that one day that Islam will be a zahir ala deen kulli. It will be, um, it will eventually come upon victory. It will eventually win the hearts and minds of people. And that it's only a matter of time. 
and it takes trust and it takes hard work and it takes diligence to see that, that fruit and to see that come to light and to constantly work towards that. In this surah, another point of reflection is that how does one prepare for death? We know that the Prophet ﷺ, his preparation for death was these two adhkar, these two words of remembrance. Subhanallahi wa bihamdika, Allahumma ghfirli. Uh, to praise and thank Allah and to seek forgiveness for his sins because those are the two, the two hearts of worship, the two complementary ways we can remember Allah, to thank him and to ask his forgiveness for our sins. And lastly, one of the, one of the things we can ponder on and reflect on from this surah is that victory only comes from Allah. Allah didn't say when you win by your efforts, O Muhammad. He says when the victory of Allah comes. Allah mentions elsewhere in the Quran, وَمَن نَصْرُ إِلَّا مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ that victory only comes from Allah. Muslims learned this the hard way in the time of the Prophet wasallam. In the first kind of um, the first war, the first battle um, after Islam, when in the Battle of Badr, when Muslims were three hundred and there were about a thousand uh, non-Muslims attacking them, and they were in defense, um, they won despite their low, their low numbers. In the Battle of Uhud, despite the higher numbers. Because there was a certain weakness of mentality, there was a certain thought process that we are going to win by numbers and that we are going to win by our own strength, they lost the battle of Uhud and amidst other factors. Allah mentions that, they were, that there were certain Muslims who were, who were deceived by Al-Kathra, by, by numbers. And that we should remember from this that victory and winning and success is not about physical resources. It's not about how many social media accounts you hold. It's not about how much money is your in your bank account. It's not about, uh, you know, uh, were your parents wealthy or not? Were they able to set you up for life or not? Did you go to a brilliant university or not? No. That success is not always to do with resources. It's not always to do with quantity. But success is based on also something qualitative. It's based on your genuineness. It's based on the barakah, the blessing Allah places in something. And you could be small in number, you could be weak, you could have no resources, but Allah will aid you and give you success and victory because of your sincerity. And so it's not always about resources. Think about this when the Muslims were uh, an oppressed minority and the Prophet Muhammad would send his companions to the, the big empires of the day. You know, you have the, the, the hadith of Rub'i ibn Amir anhu, one of the Prophet's companions, who enters the, the palace of Rustum, one of the greatest leaders of the day with a huge empire. And uh, Rub'i ibn Amr is a, is a humble Bedouin Arab. And Rustum is this huge emperor with this pompous and, and, and this amazing civilization. And he says, uh, Ya ayyuhal Arab, O Arabs, what brought you out of the desert? You know, what are you, what are you, what are you going to bring, what are you going to benefit me with? And Rub'i ibn Amr says, We've come to free you. We've come to free you. You are enslaved, not us. To free you from worshipping created things to worshipping the creator of all created things. And from the injustice of these religions to the expansiveness and the spaciousness of, of Allah the Most Merciful. Look at the confidence this Bedouin Arab, this, this simple humble Arab had in, in front of this empire, in front of this emperor. Look at the confidence he had and the hope he had. And he may not have had a social media account or a sophisticated communication strategy. He may not have had all of those things, but he had a burning conviction and a belief in Allah in his heart. And that is what spread Islam. Not social media accounts and not videos like these. And not what spread Islam was the strength of belief and the help of Allah. And the belief that that success 
is only going to come from Allah, not from our resources, of our, our skills or our abilities. And, and this is an important thing to remember, to get any success in life, dunyawi, worldly success, or success in the afterlife, is to remember that success comes from Allah, and that we can only put the effort in. These are just some points of reflection after the tafsir of Surah Al-Nasr. Barakallahu feekum. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.